the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Earnestly seek to commend yourself to God as an approved worker who has nothing to be ashamed of, handling the word of truth with precision. We're glad you're joining us for today's program, A Word from the Word, with your host, Pastor Tom, who will unpack for us the richness and beauty of the Bible's original languages as they bear on key words and concepts from both Testaments. Our hope is that your walk with God will be strengthened and deepened, and both your understanding and application of God's Word will be enriched, and you'll be drawn to love it more and more each day. And now, here's Pastor Tom. Hello, friends. Thanks for joining me on A Word from the Word. We're up to session 29 in our series, Oh, That Verse Means That. And in this series, we've devoted considerable time to scrutinizing numerous Bible verses we believed meant one thing, but are fast discovering they mean something different, or even something much deeper, aren't we? Well, friends, once again, today's portion falls into the deeper category. I believe understanding a scripture verse in a deeper way sometimes helps us see it in a different way, and that different way in the end helps us to see it in a more accurate way. Have you discovered that? I certainly have. So our scripture passage under scrutiny today is Proverbs 6, 6 through 11, where Solomon advises, Go to the ant, you sluggard, observe its ways and be wise, which, having no chief, officer, or ruler, prepares its food in the summer and gathers its provisions in the harvest. How long will you lie down, you sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Then your poverty will come in like a drifter, and your need like an armed man. Well, I've titled today's session, Am I as Admirable as That Ant? Borrowed from Japanese manga artist Nobuyuki Fukumoto. If you missed any sessions, just go to faithtalk1360.com and search the menu for local program podcasts. And friends, allow me to reinforce a statement I've been sharing. The Bible really does have a story to tell us. In fact, it's crying out, screaming out to tell us its story. But sadly, we pastors, teachers, and preachers, as well as Christians in general, make, even force or manipulate the Bible to tell our story, whether knowingly or unknowingly, I still say, shame on us. And please allow me to drive home another point I've been making. In 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21, we're told that the Holy Spirit is the author and inspirer of our Judeo-Christian scriptures, our Bible. So shouldn't the Holy Spirit be given our respect as we read our Bibles? Shouldn't God's word be given greater respect? 
Even if it means digging deeper into his word, how often do we cavalierly, even authoritatively, blurt out what we think a verse means? Well, friends, I don't know if any of us have ever heard a sermon or teaching on ants. I certainly haven't. Have you? And I'm pretty sure none of us have gone running to Proverbs 6, 6 through 11 in a time of need. So I'm here to tell you that we're all in for a treat today. Recently, I had the supreme blessing of hearing from a regular podcast listener who's a parish nurse in her church here in the Valley of the Sun and who publishes a weekly e-newsletter on health awareness and the health concern of the month for her church. But recently, she snuck in a brief little testimony about her aversion to insects, particularly ants. The insights she shared were so good that I thought this shouldn't be limited to just her local church. This needs to be heard by the whole body of Christ. So she graciously gave me permission to incorporate her insights into one of my radio programs. Voila, here it is. And along the way, friends, I'm going to add some of my own facts and info that her insights drove me to investigate. Well, friends, let's go on an insightful and spiritually inspiring and challenging journey together as we put on our detective's cap, pull out our pocket magnifying glass, and strap on our Hebrew sandals. In her own words, my parish nurse friend begins her story. Good morning, church family. All my years of nursing have made me almost immune to any type of human bodily fluids. However, insects in my house countertop or any place they shouldn't be really freak me out. I'm actually on a first-name basis with the exterminator who comes to our apartment on a monthly basis, and I sure look forward to his coming because when he does his job, my life's a lot easier. Just a few months ago, we had a minor problem with ants. You can bet I was very happy when they were eradicated. Yet, I must admit that ants are admirable creatures. Ants have three pairs of legs which can lift and carry more than three times their own weight. Friends, let me jump in with my two cents here. And this intrigued me, and I did know the ants can carry many times their own weight. Well, it turns out that ants are ridiculously strong. It seems that some actually have the ability to carry between 10 and 50 times their own body weight. The amount an ant can carry depends on the species. For example, the Asian weaver ant can lift a 100 times its own body mass. So, all things considered, the ant is one of the world's strongest creatures in relation to its size. Well, my dear friend continues her story. Ants are known for being persistent, energetic, industrious, hardworking, and diligent. Let's define diligence. A steady, earnest, and energetic effort, devotion, and painstaking application to accomplishing an undertaking. Proverbs 6, 6-8 through 8 reminds us, Go to the ant, you sluggard, consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. When we think about it, there are great lessons to be learned from watching ants. First, they teach us the value of hard work. Have you ever seen a lazy ant? By the way, sluggard at its root means lazy. Ants never procrastinate, and as a result, they're neither poor nor hungry. 
Take a moment and consider how physically, spiritually, and financially blessed we would be if we Christians had the work ethic of an ant. In addition, ants are the poster children for being self-motivated. Think about it. They make no excuses and just do the work without anyone having to remind them, lead them, or whip them into shape. Ants are natural self-starters. Just think how blessed we Christians might be if we had the organizational skills and planning abilities of these creatures. You see, they store their food during times of plenty, so they will have enough when necessities are in short supply. And let me just slip in here, friends, that the times we're living in, in the COVID and post-COVID world, food and supplies are getting scarcer. We'd do well to heed this advice. So, my dear friend continues, ants rely on each other to get the job done. Teamwork and unity are keys to their success. Whoa! Did you hear that, friends? Now, there's a message for the church in our generation, if I ever heard one, right? As I said earlier, my parish nurse friend motivated me to put on my detective's cap and pull out my pocket magnifying glass and do some further investigation. So, friends, let me share some of my results to benefit and educate all of us. And here's where some of the spiritual parallels come in. Ants, believe it or not, spiritually symbolize the rewards of consistent hard work, cooperation, and perseverance. Ants symbolize loyalty and being practical-minded. Although composed of many individuals, ant colonies function like a single organism, with every member working to benefit the group. Sound familiar, friends? This should remind us of 1 Corinthians 12, which we'll touch on later. Even though ants are tiny, they have many admirable traits. For instance, an ant toils without self-interest, praise, or rest. An ant puts the survival of the community above all else. Hmm, friends, do we do that in our own churches? I wonder... Additionally, when its own colony is attacked, an ant bands together with other ants in a cooperative defense of the colony. Hmm, friends, again, do we do that in our local churches? I wonder. So these measly little ants teach us many life lessons about strength, inspiration, industriousness, teamwork, resiliency, and achievement, don't they? Well, now listen to my parish nurse friend's conclusions, which dovetail into the things I've personally just shared. She continues that, As Christians, we are called to be diligent and focused in our daily lives. Sadly, unlike ants, most of us humans are focused on ourselves. You know, getting ahead and staying on top seems to be our goal. Ants, on the other hand, are focused on their job within the greater community. Their aim is to do the job so that everyone benefits. As Christians, we're part of a team, and we need to be team players in our relationships with others. We're not islands set apart, but members of one body. Friends, how many times have you heard me say, we can't go on being Lone Ranger Christians. There cannot be Lone Ranger Christians. That's an oxymoron in the body of Christ. Well, my dear friend continues, 
We need to be diligent in our approach to our relationship with God as well and with those whose lives we touch. Diligence takes work and focus for sure, but if we're persistent like the ants, we'll get the job done together and we'll all benefit as well. So, friends, can you say amen to these wonderful truths and insights? Well, our proverb portion under scrutiny is not alone in addressing the sluggard or lazy person. In fact, the Hebrew word here is a fascinating word. At its base is a lazy and sluggish person. Biblically, this translates into a habitually lazy person, a sleepy and slow-moving person. We see this in the context itself, where we read in verses 9 and 10, How long will you lie down, you lazy one? When will you arise from your sleep? Then the text continues, A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest? Here we've pictured a person who's likely to oversleep or snooze, like through a class or at their desk at work. Some English synonyms might be a bum, a good-for-nothing, an idle or slothful person. So our portion today has some interesting parallel supporting passages, 14 occurrences, but a representative sampling will be Proverbs 10.26, like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard or slacker, as the CSB suggests, to those who send him. Proverbs 13.4, the sluggard or slacker craves, yet has nothing, but the soul of the diligent is fully satisfied. Notice the word diligent here. This is augmented in Proverbs 21.5, the plans of the diligent lead to profit. Proverbs 15:19 The way of the sluggard is blocked with thorns but the path of the upright is a highway. And let me just remind us friends that the underlying premise of the book of Proverbs is alerting individuals in the community to the fact that there are two paths in life one can go down, the path of the wise and the path of the fool. Each path chosen has a marked effect on the life and health of both the social and spiritual community. We can either bring the community up or we can bring it down. In other words, to ruin. Friends, remember in our last session, I stressed this by alerting us to the fact that a biblical fool is a moral rebel. In other words, one who rebels against the moral rules or commands of God. And by this rebellion brings either good repute to the community or brings shame. This is exactly what we've lost in our generation of the church. No longer do many of us view the church as a community in action, a community with a collective mission. And as a community, we must willingly and voluntarily choose to live in accountable relationships with each other. We no longer see our misdeeds and our sins as harming the community or smudging its reputation and casting dispersion on its mission. Do we? We no longer see our fractured relationships that go unreconciled as disrupting the unity of the body. We've cavalierly trashed the admonition in Ephesians 4.3, which says, Make every effort or be diligent to keep or preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. 
Friends, sometimes I wonder how we can expect to reconcile people to God in evangelism when we can't even reconcile each other in the discipleship process with our own relationships. It sure seems like an oxymoron to me, or at a minimum a projection of hypocrisy. How can we ever think we'll fulfill the commission laid out for us in 2 Corinthians 5, 16-21? Well, friends, forgive me for ranting a little here, but as a pastor and shepherd, my soul is in pain over the complete lack of relational stability I'm seeing in the modern church. How so easily we trash each other with our unchristlike words or our unchristlike actions. We're belying our own testimony to the world. Well, friends, here's a few more proverbial texts that support our portion under scrutiny today. Proverbs 24, sluggards do not plow in season, so at harvest time they look but find nothing. Sounds a lot like 6-8, doesn't it? Proverbs 23:19. Listen, my son, and be wise, and guide your heart to the right course. Notice the use of wise here, and course here marries with our word way, path, or journey. In other words, the path we choose to take or walk down. And lastly, Proverbs 26:16. The sluggard or slacker is wise in his own eyes than seven men who answer discreetly. Friends, sluggard seems to rank highest in our English translations. At least nine English versions have chosen it. Some other English synonyms used by English Bibles occur in translated statements like, Go to the ant, you lazy one, or go to the ant, you slacker. How about take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones, or walk in the manner of the ant, O slacker. Two modern language translations have, You lazy people can learn by watching an anthill, and lazy people should learn a lesson from the way ants live. And it's interesting to note that the only other occurrence of our word ant appears in Proverbs 30.24. Four things on earth are small, yet they are extremely or exceedingly wise. And the first mentioned is the ants. Ants are creatures of little strength, yet they store up their food in the summer. Well, friends, before we make fun of or put down ants, here's some additional educational and unique things about ants. First, God made so many types of ants because ants are actually the housekeepers of his earth. Ants, not earthworms, turn most of the world's soil, drain it, and enrich it. Second, ants dispose of 90% of the corpses of small dead animals. Third, ants, as the world's gardeners, spread and plant more seeds than any other creature. Fourth, worker ants are the most hard-working insects in the world, as their responsibilities include finding food, keeping the queen fed, and building their colony walls. The colony walls are built by combining soil and their saliva and piling them together to form the sturdy walls. Fifth, there are over 12,000 species of ants worldwide. Sixth, the bullet ant is said to have the most painful sting in the world. Seventh, ants hold the record for the fastest movement in the animal kingdom. Eighth, ants are found on every single continent except Antarctica. Ninth, ants are social insects that live in colonies. Tenth, the largest ant nest ever found was over 3,700 miles wide. 
11th, scout ants lay scent trails to guide other ants for food. Now, friends, before we wrap up the spiritual significance of today's session and the spiritual lessons that ants can teach us, here's some interesting and sometimes humorous quotes regarding ants. I think everybody should study ants. They have an amazing four-part philosophy. Never give up. Look ahead. Stay positive and do all you can. All good work is done the way ants do things, little by little. When many work together for a goal, great things may be accomplished. It's said that a lion cub was killed by a single colony of ants. It is not enough to be busy. So are the ants. The question is, what are we busy about? Ants are good citizens. They place group interests first. Ants have the most complicated social organization on earth, next to humans. If all humans disappeared today, the earth would start improving tomorrow. If the ants disappeared today, the earth would start dying tomorrow. If ants are such busy workers, how do they find time to go to all the picnics? Ants fighting together will vanquish the lion. Every ant knows the formula of its anthill. Every bee knows the formula of its beehive. They know it in their own way, not in our way. Only humankind does not know its own formula. Well, friends, with all that we've shared in today's session, I'll bet you can list the spiritual parallels or lessons from the ants of Proverbs 6, 6 through 11 from this study. But I'd like to preface these spiritual parallels with a key text from the New Testament, as it nicely carries over the lessons in Proverbs 6 about how the ants operate together. Earlier, I alluded to 1 Corinthians 12, which I'll soon quote from a segment of the chapter. I invite you to read all of 1 Corinthians 12 on your own and allow it to shape the way you think of the church, which, as you know, I don't like this English word. It's really the wrong word to use. We should be embedded in our minds the words assembly, community, or congregation. These are organic words. Church has become a static word, a reference to a piece of real estate, a building even. How sad! The church, so to speak, has evolved into an organization rather than an organism, as I believe it was intended to function. Organizations, unfortunately, become monuments where there once were movements. The church, the body of Christ, must always be on the move, always living out its mission. A quote that I hold dear to my heart is by a philosopher-theologian, Yaroslav Pelikan, who said, The difference between tradition and traditionalism is that tradition is the living faith of those now dead. Traditionalism is the dead faith of those now living. Friends, as I read a segment of 1 Corinthians 12, think about your church. Which word best defines the way it functions? Is it carrying on scripture tradition, or has it dug its heels into human traditionalism? Here's a portion of 1 Corinthians 12 from a lesser-known translation that I happen to like here. Just as a body is one whole made up of many different parts, and all the different parts comprise the one body, so it is with our liberating King, meaning Jesus the Messiah. We were all immersed together into one body by one spirit. No matter our heritage, Jew or Greek, insider or outsider, no matter our status, oppressed or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. 
Here is why. The body is not made of one large part, but of many different parts. Would it seem right for the foot to cry, I am not a hand, so I couldn't be part of this body? Even if it did, it wouldn't be any less joined to the body. And what about the ear? If an ear started to whine, I am not an eye, I shouldn't be attached to this body. In all its pouting, it is still part of the body." Imagine the entire body as an eye. How would a giant eye have the sense to hear? And if the entire body were an ear, how would it have the sense to smell? This is where God comes in. God has meticulously put this body together. He placed each part in the exact place to perform the exact function he wanted. If all members were a single part, where would the body be? So now many members function with the one body. And let me add here, like ants in one colony, the eye cannot wail at the hand, nor could the head bellow at the feet. The members who seem to have the weaker function are necessary to keep the body moving. God designed the body in such a way that greater significance is given to the seemingly insignificant part. That way there should be no division in the body. Instead, all the parts mutually depend on and care for one another. Well, friends, I'd like to close out our session with the prayer my parish nurse friend prayed in her newsletter for her congregation. This time, it's going to be for all of us. Dear Lord, thank you for the example of the ants. May I learn from their sense of dedication, teamwork, and diligence. I pray to be motivated to do whatever task you put before me with a sense of community and dedication. In Jesus' name, amen. To that, I'll add my amen and ask myself, am I as admirable as that ant? Well, friends, we're in the end of today's program, which will close with an email where you may write me. A listener recently wrote in regarding Session 27, aired on August 25th, Immorality in the Church, with another wonderful take on Scripture, rather than worrying about sinning and assuming we'll get an early ticket to God's forever, let's just live each day as if we were the last, and allow ourselves to be part of the body of Christ, and be willing to take correction, and be thankful that we're forgiven. Well, thanks for your feedback and getting to the crux of the matter. And friends, all podcasts are posted at faithtalk1360.com. Just search the menu for local program podcasts. Remember, A Word from the Word is a listener-supported program. Please consider financially helping to keep this program on the air. Just email me for the details. Well, thanks for listening today, friends. And remember, Jesus loves you. I'm Pastor Tom with A Word from the Word. Friends, if you would like to let Pastor Tom know what this program has meant to you, email him at a word from the word at minister.com. That's a word from the word at minister.com. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.